Alright, Chet. Yeah, well, well, happy new year. Happy new year. Yeah. <laughs> This is Street Sweeper, everyone. And happy Chinese new year. Also, yes. When this yes. is released, it will be, what, two days into the new year? Yeah, I think so. I think tomorrow as we're recording is yeah, Chinese yeah, New Year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Year of the Rabbit. Is it the rabbit? I think so. Last year was the rat, right? Which is me. I'm not sure. I'm the rat. How old, how old are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're too old for it to be the rat. Because it's a 12-year cycle. So if you're 36... I remember we were talking about this and we discovered year. that was the rat, the rat. And the rat is supposed to be like the cunning uh, mastermind, yeah. right? Yeah, rats are pretty good. Yeah, rats are rats good. Are pretty I, good. I, I like rat. I like the rat. <laughs> my, my, my goal is like master splinter. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, happy New Year. Uh, sorry, we're late. Uh, <laughs> New Year is like this is crazy, man. It's like so busy. It is it's, arriving London is like shit every day. We we're both traveling over the break too. Yes, couldn't yeah. record on um, for some reason. We couldn't figure out like it wasn't working. Yeah, we're just too used to our like professional digs in, the, in the home studio. Of course, of course, and then back in london and everything is just like going at a million miles an hour mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah it turns out like strikes this whole strike thing is a lot of work <laughs> <laughs> and we're not even on strike and we're not even on strike <laughs> like if you're like if you're an organized just being an lefty ally is a lot of work is just yeah. like there's something every fucking day and yeah. some days have two things and sometimes they're at the same time and it's yeah. just crazy um yeah labor activists are like and trade unionists are are labor activists and trade unionists because they're lazy <laughs> no exactly <laughs> so meetings and shit anyway anyway here we are yes The plan today is to do a kind of belated year-end review. Actually, it's the Chinese New Year, so we're we're sticking to that schedule. Oh, it's it's the, strictly it's on time. Strictly on time, exactly. <laughs> uh, we arrive exactly when we mean to. Yes. Just like Master Splinter. The Chinese version. Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> Master Splinter is the Chinese version of Gandalf. Splinter is uh, Japanese, I assume, since they're Ninja Turtles. You're right like a tai chi mm. tai chi rat right 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 kung fu rat. right right yeah anyway anyway so we're gonna go through some uh dazine omnibus yes 2022 look at like look behind look ahead yes this is gonna articles. be a an architecture good or bad basically but yeah centered on highlights of last year highlights of the coming year as Uh, described and predicted by the zine our favorite uh, architecture publication yes. of all yes <laughs> <laughs> however um before that please dear listeners we are having a problem um we are for some reason every month we have less listeners Yeah, the numbers are going down slightly. Yeah, and we don't completely kind of understand why. It, it feels like the the feeling is just like the algorithm is like slowly deprioritizing yeah. us because we don't post that often yeah. and shit. Yeah. Anyway, if you're a listener, if you like what we do, um, tell your friends. That's basically just it. Like, tell your friends. Promote us. Help like us. Like it. Yeah. Feed the algorithm Yeah, the, the, the usual stuff that everyone says 
at the end or at the beginning of uh, of, of of YouTubes and podcasts and shit. Like we're yeah. gonna. St- I guess we now have we to, are saying that. Now. I guess we have to start <laughs> saying that, doing that shit as well, and in the, in yeah. the start of the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Without that out of the way, the other the other piece of business for today um, is we're going to cover some Patreon patron questions. Yeah, we got a few. Quite interesting ones. Yes. Um, we're going to do them, well, depending on how long we take to go through all of the disease <laughs> things at the end of this episode uh, or beginning of the next. And there's one question which deserves to be a full episode, which is what we're going to do. Uh, we're get, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah. First, we, need, we, we, we feel that the New Year's episode needs to be the New Year's episode. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, we have two wonderful articles in the zine, right? One is called The Most Read Architecture and Design Stories of 2022. So what the readers liked most that happened in the zine last year. Yeah, what got the most... What were the zine, What were the zine's most successful yeah, stories? Yeah, popular stories. The and then the other one is called 12 Architecture Projects to Look Forward to in 2023. Right. So this comes obviously from the editorial team. It's not... The, the popular numbers deciding. Right. But in one way or another, it's this is basically, let's look at the mainstream of what people like, right? Yeah, or not not necessarily like, but engage, engage with. with. Yeah. Uh, that's like engaging and liking in this era is the same thing. That's right. Even if you dislike, that's right. effectively you're liking. That's how it works. That's right. <laughs> that's how algorithms work. <laughs> that's true. So if you don't like our podcast, please press the dislike button if there is one, because it helps us <laughs> Tell anyway. Tell your friends that you don't like it. Also. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Leave us a bad review. Exactly. Yes, please. <laughs> Engage, like, become our patron so you can leave a, a comment um, a saying, mean, you guys are shit. A mean question. <laughs> okay, so we'll begin, I assume, with uh, wrapping up the previous year. Yes, so this is how we are doing it. Will read last year article. I read the next year article, and we're going to tell each other about it. Yeah. And it's going to be an architecture good or bad. That's right. So let's go. All right. All right. So the most read architecture and design stories of 2022. It immediately starts at cover images, uh, the line. Yeah. And there are, I think, three articles in here about the line. Okay. The line figures heavily. <laughs> surprise, surprise. List. There are a few, we're not going to, I don't think they're all that, in, like, they're not all super interesting. Mm-hmm. Some of them are really interesting. Okay. So we'll just go through and pick out a couple highlights. Uh, excellent, excellent. Go, go, go. So the first story here um, is a story from uh, a year ago, January 2022. Manhattan. Also, this is the most read uh, story every per month. Is that the yes? Okay, it okay, is. Okay, it cool. is. So it's twelve. So, uh, Manhattan Island extension could provide homes for two hundred and fifty thousand people. <laughs> and there's a plan showing a pointy kind of spit of new Manhattan grid. Yeah. Extending southwest. Yeah. Yep. Uh, off the off the tip there. Yep, off the tip. With some little parks. Are these public or private sector? <laughs> Be- 
because good or bad depends on that. That's right. <laughs> um, it says the year began with a speculative proposal to add 1,760 acres of reclaimed land to the tip of Manhattan in a bid to provide New York with additional housing while combating climate while change. While combating climate change. <laughs> now you might ask, how? what does this have to do with climate change? What, <laughs> how does this combat climate change? Yes, please. Well, just by providing, like you're just building flood barriers basically into it. So it's, it has nothing to do with climate change and everything to do with just shoring up uh, Manhattan from the damage of rising water levels. Ah, okay. It's not, okay, okay, okay. Got it. It's not combating climate change. Not combating climate it's change. It's protecting Manhattan from the inevitable submersion because of the climate change that is not being combated. That's right. Okay, exactly. cool. Fine. And it's a, it's a callback to what we covered uh, in our episode uh, a while back on Venice, the flood barrier in Venice. Yeah, yeah, how, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's this kind of yeah uh, fortification. Yes. Strategy. Um, so that's one of its positives, <laughs> supposedly. <laughs> uh, it's named New Manahata. What? Which is apparently closer to the original um, First Nations indigenous name. It also sounds like, um, maybe me saying this is racist, but uh, it also sounds like just like a Star Wars planet. Mm. New Manahata. 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 Yeah, anything mm. ending. Manahata. Yeah. It's where the huts live. Hata. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, this is a this is just a little kind of like uh little woke washed uh, yeah, you know, yeah, gesture yeah, here, yeah. you know. Obviously. Obviously. And obviously it's not meant to be built. But in the days of the line, you never know. No, I'm, Americans don't don't do anything anymore. Yeah, it's unlikely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if it's in, in in if it was in Saudi Arabia, I would be concerned. But uh, no, no. Um, it's proposed by a Rutgers University professor, Jason Barr, mm-hmm. um, who's apparently an economics uh, professor. Okay. Um, he makes an argument that. Uh, we quote, we need to overcome our deep seated phobia of major projects. So this is like, I don't know. That phobia kind of, being known as no public sector. No public sector. Yeah. And I guess it's like a, a nod to sort of a Jane Jacobs uh, consensus. Sure. That like planning. Sure. Yeah. In, especially in New York is, yeah. is bad and will only do damage. Yeah. Uh, now your 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 question, the right question, which was also my question: <laughs> What kind of homes? <laughs> who builds this? For whom? For whom? Exactly. Uh, from the actual article, it says the goal of New Manahata is to help solve two major crises in New York City. First is the ever looming problem of storm surges and flooding due to climate change. Second is that New York needs more housing. There's a major housing affordability issue in the city and any boost to supply okay. can help alleviate the problem. It's a massive Yimby project. Massive Yimby project. But the backyard is the river now. Yeah. The yeah, backyard's just not enough, obviously. It's the backyard of whoever owns the buildings at the tip currently. Right, right. Who are now no longer going to be waterfront. Who are going to be the people who are going to be blocking the project, even though, I mean, if, if it even started being considered, which it won't. Yeah. 
Uh, and then it goes on to say, the guy, the bar says, um, creating new land through infill is a centuries-old tradition. Lower Manhattan, south of City Hall, has been expanded by nearly 50, 50%. The Dutch, the English, the Americans, all, all did infill. It says, Barr calculates the financial, that financially the proposal could be feasible due to the high cost of real estate in New York. Oh, okay. So it's the cost <laughs> is going to be covered by the high value of selling off the new land. So exactly. Okay, we get it. <laughs> we get it. We get the two hundred and fifty thousand people that are going to be having homes in there <laughs> who don't have homes. Are right going to like what migrate from Saudi Arabia? <laughs> yeah, from from uh, I guess from Midtown. Those people are buying things in the line now. In the investment uh, assets in the line now yeah. i guess they can also buy some in my in uh, new manahata yeah it says he, he calculates that the difference between building construction costs and housing sales values could be used to fund the creation of the artificial land and associated infrastructure so yeah the whole thing is just uh i mean it doesn't function but theoretically it's just a big speculative real estate gamble yes Nothing to do with housing affordability, just with that uh, thoroughly debunked kind of YIMBY idea that any kind of new supply. But somehow. it self-debunks because it, like, it basically says it's, it's a, it's, this is financially feasible because the homes will be incredibly expensive. That's why it's yeah. a lit part of the literal argument for the project. The YIMBY, the YIMBY <laughs> argument is that, and this is an argument that extends to gentrification in general, is that when even if you build stuff at the high end of the market, that means people move out of the middle of the market and people at the bottom of the market move up. Everyone moves up a level. Like if, if you build a, yeah, a billion yeah, dollar yeah. penthouse, that means one person who can't afford a house now gets a house. Yes. <laughs> because eventually they're all being displaced upwards. Yes, of course. Which is complete bullshit. Because the wh- whoever, which is slightly less luxurious than the new luxury place they're at, they're going to. Is gonna like they leave their their slightly less luxurious flat house whatever loses value because that person left, so it goes down in prices. No, everything goes up in prices. Everything goes up in prices. So, good or bad, my friend? I guess who know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, February. This I just is I just terrible. like how. This is, this is not even good in a funny way. I just like how this is this is an economist's best proposal, <laughs> which is like even economically, it's kind of a joke. Like, <laughs> yeah, February, inventing a new plastic stronger than steel. Nah. Believe it when I see it. At least it's a technical, like, in theory, this is a technical. It is interesting that he's the most read story in February in the zine. Well, everyone says February is a dead month. <laughs> <laughs> okay, March. February is tough. Okay, March. Okay. We're really kind of uh, packing the good ones into the <laughs> beginning of the year. <laughs> Headline, Volva spaceship aims to counter prevalence of phallic spacecraft. <laughs> the blurb. Is, uh, because the, the laws the, of the aerodynamics were invented by God, and God is a guy. <laughs> Therefore, right. <laughs> that's right. German feminist art group, uh, Verbraucht Feminismus, 
revealed a vulva-shaped spaceship concept in March, and the Yonic craft, I don't know what Yonic means, became the month's most read piece. Because you're a guy. Yes, that's right. According to the group, the concept was created to challenge the convention of phallic spacecraft design and restore gender equality to the cosmos. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent, fantastic, but it's wrong. Like, it's only a vulva shape that fits in from the side. And right. the side is the front. The top. Yeah, like... it. Well, depends on how it's re-entering, I guess. The, what the, you'd consider the The, the problem top. is, like, for it to be properly vulva-shaped, the vulva shape must be the top. Like, it must look like a vulva from the top. From space. From space. As it's it doesn't out. count as looking like a vulva from the side because it's still aerodynamic. In an, uh, it's, it's still an arrow shape. Yeah. Yeah. It's not an actual like hole shaped. No. It does I mean it does look like a vulva though, graphically. Yes, but not in not in silhouette. <laughs> yeah, like no, it doesn't work. It's an arrow. Well maybe this is engineeringly a, it's an arrow shape. Maybe it's a good uh maybe it's a good compromise then. It's just like um <laughs> like one of those in objectively from an engineering point of view, it still functions as a short fat dick. Someone in the comments said it looks like a butt plug, and I think that's pretty accurate. This is also correct. Okay, next. I just like, I mean... Okay, not there's next. Some, there's something... <laughs> I kind of like the, the the grandiose statement, we want to restore gender no, equality that's, that's, to the that's, cosmos. That's charming. That's, 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 that's great. great. That's great. That, that nice. I, 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 I would say this is architecture good. And there's a, there's a quotation from a... a they, apparently, the the design group, who are artists, I think, not not architects, let alone aeronautic engineers, um, they include in a tweet recently a quotation from the Soviet cosmonaut <coughs> Valentina Tereshkova, first woman in space, first yes. woman in space, reading my sister's cat named after her. Right, right, right. The quote is: "A bird cannot fly with one wing. Human spaceflight cannot develop any further without the active participation of women." Yes, who also Amen. must respect the law of thermodynamics. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, next. Okay, but we, we agree good. Yeah, good, good. Okay. It's, it's fine. It's, it's charming. <laughs> yeah, charming is the correct word. Uh, then we've got April, world's skinniest skyscraper by shop architects. Oh, I just want to say on the previous one that the comments are all like, woke woke bullshit you can't even parody the left anymore blah blah um which i mean it's true that you can't really parody the left it's anymore. hard to parody that <laughs> <laughs> but they don't have they don't have any imagination these people yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't have any sense of wonder no or humor so moving on to april world's skinniest skyscraper by shop architects completes in manhattan bad next bad next <laughs> Um, MIT engineers build load-bearing structures using tree forks instead of steel joints. That's fun. I swear I've seen this like many times over the years. Right. Like uh, the AA's, you know, yeah. wood construction. I think this is the only. This is what they do. Like, yeah, this is what I've seen. Yeah, the whole wood tree fork thing. They um, like engineered the growth of the trees to end up with the shape that they want for the building 
And the fork apparently is difficult to use in normal, like it's it's kind of discarded as part of the right. production of timber. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. excess. Yeah, yeah. So using it as a joint thing. Yeah, it makes sense. That's all right. Cool. That's fine. good. Yeah. Then we've got a portable wind turbine. Bad. <laughs> now we're on to the line. First line article, July. We don't need wind portable wind turbines. We want state-led, large-scale, <laughs> renewable energy, please. Yeah, I, I mean, what is the function of that? When you're on a big hike and you need to charge your iPhone? That's, uh... <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Okay, July. We're on to... Big hikes are not um, sustainable. <laughs> they, you, they may, you may be joining nature, but it's not sustainable, <laughs> especially if you have to charge your phone. Speaking of not sustainable, we've got the first the largest line story, July. The largest wind uh, glass, pure glass building in the world in one of the hottest climates in the world. Yeah. Perfect. Do you think the, the formal strategy here is just to create one giant wind tunnel down the whole middle of this thing so that it functions as a... I've never, I haven't read that. It would be hellish inside, but... There absolutely must be an, a, a, a pro-sustainability argument for this that may or may not be completely bullshit. My instinct is that it it's probably completely bullshit because, again, like, glass yeah. towers are not sustainable, and this is a, the giganticest ever glass tower, basically. Mm -hmm. And it's in the desert. It's just, like, going to be a massive... Um, cooling nightmare by by design yeah so if if it's gonna solve it because wind tunnel uh i don't really buy it but it just occurred to me that that if if that's it then the interior space is unlivable yeah like the interior yeah. as in like the the open space in between the two sides is unlivable yeah yeah <laughs> i kind of hope i kind of like to see that though like all of the That'd rich the, people the just like flying. Yeah, just being like blown out. It's like a, a rail cannon shooting people, <laughs> shooting everybody. <laughs> a giant science fiction rail thing shooting into like aliens. They shoot so fast they don't even go into the sea. They go into a like a, a low orbit. A low orbit, like sideways. <laughs> just all super rich shoot, people. Shot into the moon. <laughs> At a very shallow angle. <laughs> that's the best. That's the best possible outcome of this whole thing, obviously. <laughs> so the first article, the July article, uh, it's just it says it's the biggest architecture story of the year. Um, 170 kilometer long. Also, sorry, city, sorry, blah, sorry, blah. sorry, sorry, sorry. The image it shows on the zine story. Mm -hmm. It's from the 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 marina harbor at the end, right, where the two slabs that make the thing uh, get like one goes further than the other and then the, all the yeah. boats are like anchored yeah. on the slab that goes into the sea yep those boats are in the winter and they exit of the wind tunnel mm -hmm. uh, like the sideways <laughs> yep uh that's gonna be fun to see <laughs> so the first one is just yeah it, Describing the line, we've we won't go through it in detail. Um, I think now we have to say good, considering. 
oh, this is it's good. A, it's a rail cannon now. This is this is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this absolutely architecture good. In the in the like, so bad it goes around and it becomes good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we've got August. Ten futuristic cities set to be built around the world. Ten. This one I think we might want to look at separately sometime. Yeah, that's uh, another compilation inside the compilation. Yeah, and it comes to something we wanted to talk about at some point. Uh, this kind of like charter cities, free ports, mm. high tech. Okay, so these are going to be an episode. Oh, so I've, think, I've seen some of these, of course. Okay, let's save. The, yeah, you're right. This is this is going to be an episode, everyone. Uh, save the link. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're skipping. We're yes. skipping August into September. Uh, seeing seeing the episodes coming happening, it's history in the making, live. <laughs> How the sausage is made. September, Junya Ishigami hides mud-covered house and restaurant below ground level in Japan. Okay. I don't know if you know what you're looking at. That's a hole with a, with a shapey architecture ceiling and with, I'm going to guess, something inside it. Yeah, it looks like a sinkhole, basically, right. in the middle of a sort of typical yeah. Japanese urban clusterfuck yes. condition yeah. with like some yeah. agricultural land, some unplanned streets, some yeah. you know mishmash of stuff. Uh, this one, I've actually heard of this before. Mm. It's uh, basically they dig out the hole and then they create a form and then pour concrete into it. So oh, the it's a top fake, surface. It's is a fake a, cavern thing. Yeah, concrete cavern thing. And then they clean out the the right the formwork. Sure. Which I think is just dirt, basically. Right, right, right. And you're left with a yeah, kind of porous fake cavern thing, and it's just a restaurant. It's a restaurant. It's an outside restaurant. Outside, yeah. It's outside. It, it has no. Does it have glass? Yeah, I think it has. Okay, it's an interior space. With some out- outdoor... With some outdoorsy bit. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a restaurant. Okay, fine, it's fun. It's kind of a vaulty... Yeah, it's a... It's a fun thing. It's fine. It's a fun thing. Yeah. Go have dinner there. I'm all right. Now, we're back to the line in October. Drone footage reveals the line megacity under construction okay. in Saudi this Arabia. This is when everyone realized it's actually true. <laughs> This is definitely good for me. Like when 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 this shit started happening, yeah, it's like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for it now. <laughs> yeah, look at this shit. <laughs> the photograph is pretty incredible. There's yes. a, the the lead photograph is a yeah. kind of perspective down the yeah. the strip with yeah. diggers clearing out uh, for the like ima- ima- like the. Around the world, not in the West. The West is in collapse, but uh, in the rest of the world, the rest of the world is rising. It's like uh, it's like the World Cup all over again, and uh, <laughs> well, now the that... third world is rising, and uh, like large shit, important shit's happening. Now imagine if you can harness this energy for good instead of evil. But this energy still exists in the world, so that's like not something to be optimistic about. Well, the fact that Saudi Arabia is now interested in joining BRICS, yes, actually. Maybe this is a bit more plausible than we were originally <laughs> thinking. Yes. I, I, I just wanted to make a, a, a call out to uh, a story that's not in this Dazine compendium, but I think it's probably a standout uh, source of memes in architect- on architecture Twitter from the past year, 
which is the story of the um, Morphosis Orange County Museum of Art, which is that building, the shapey museum uh, that was used for a bunch of hilarious memes comparing like the render to the reality. Right, 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 right. Yes. Where the render shows yes. these like incredible smooth white surfaces, yeah. tiles, Hadidian yeah. sh shapes, and then everything yeah. is made of cardboard and tape. Yeah, tape, and there's like <laughs> clamps holding things together, and it's complete garbage. Same architect, same firm as the line. There you go. So maybe the client difference in client makes, makes a. I, that that means feels something. like it's a difference in budget. But or is the capa client's capacity to pay the budget they calculated for? Right. Probably also just the technical capacity to produce these yeah. shapes. Uh, it's quite. I mean, it's quite likely this is like a lot of engineers making sure this is technically competent. Well, I just want to. The funniest thing about that, the OCMA museum project mm -hmm. to me, mm -hmm. uh, is the quotation from. From the director of the institution, Heidi Zuckerman, sa saying, quote, she is unbothered by the faults, adding, quote, I believe in wabi-sabi. I think there's a beauty in imperfection. Sometimes you can only appreciate a finished thing by experiencing it unfinished. <laughs> wabi-sabi being that like Japanese aesthetic <laughs> value of like the imperfect, the beauty of the imperfect. <laughs> so I think we should all begin to yeah, get the, that take eating, ready for eating the raw line. fish. I think everyone should begin to warm up that take for when the line is right, right, whatever right. the line turns out to be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the following month, another line uh, story makes the news. Mm -hmm. um, the headline: All those complicit in Neom's design and construction are already destroyers of worlds. That's true. That's true. Um, following the footage of the line, a news reported. News reported human rights abuses. Adam Greenfield wrote an opinion piece questioning whether the architects working on Neom are content to be complicit in an ecological and moral atrocity. I mean, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, this is 100% true. We've seen there's there's been lots of you haven't followed Garden Days, like lots of Twitter discussion. Right. I saw this article uh, several times mentioned. Uh, yeah, like key take, the workers working in these offices are not evil destroyers of worlds. Yeah, important point. Yeah. Um, to fight this, what they need to do is not like leave their jobs because they need to eat. Yeah. Uh, what they need to do is organize, unionize, fight for their rights and have the power to uh, essentially be able to blackmail the employer and what they do yeah pressure the employer apparently just on this point i read that like two people i think who were evicted from the land for neom's construction are now on death row in saudi arabia right okay on to the next one december last one we're going to start hearing a lot about uh, human rights abuses in saudi arabia now that it wants to join BRICS. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to become, uh, like, absolutely. suddenly Biden is going to start having the same opinion he had before the before being elected about Saudi Arabia. Right, right. It's going to be open season. Yeah. Uh, last one, December. 16 stadiums set to host games at the World Cup 2026. 
The end of the year saw the first Winter World Cup take place in Qatar, where seven new stadiums were built to host the tournament. At the end of this year's World Cup, we looked ahead to the new tournament and the 16 stadiums in the USA, Mexico, and Canada that will host games in 2026, all of which are already built. Okay, that is uh, positive. So whatever massive damage that was done has been done. They're not doing 16 new stadiums. Yeah. In USA, which on the one hand speaks to the uh, uh, Western uh, incapacity to do anything <laughs> again. But on the other hand, that's good. <laughs> yeah, one of these stadiums, uh, SoFi Stadium in LA, uh, I've seen since I watch football. It's pretty crazy. It's huge. It's got a giant elliptical screen inside that kind of wraps around. Okay. Um, and that was built quite recently. Mm. So there is still some, uh, I mean, two two football teams moved to LA, so they had to build a new stadium for that. So they can still... There's too many, too many huge stadiums in general. Yeah. Uh, all over the place, basically. We don't need so many huge stadiums. No. Thank you very much. In Portugal, so we, in Portugal, when they did the like big row of huge stadiums, new stadiums for the uh, two thousand and four Euro Championship, which was in Portugal, they did the loads of new stadiums, mm. and they basically vastly overdimensioned all of them for the actual uh, like day to day functioning of their of the respective teams. They're all like double the size they should be. Right. They were they were sized for the Euro. Right. And then not for just the local and market. And then yeah, like every 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 local team has a stadium that they basically cannot afford because it's always like one third full. Right. And then the atmosphere is worse in there because it's just empty. Yeah. And also the atmosphere of the planet's worse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's twenty twenty two. Yeah. As measured through disease readership. There you go, everyone. How did you like that year? Twenty twenty two. Okay, so I have the 2023 predictions of what is going to be the cool shit going on. 12 architecture projects to look forward to. One per month. One per month. Although <laughs> the which month isn't clear. Okay, so number one, the Pyramid of Tirana in Al Albania by MVRDV. This is a brutalist project which is a monument for Enverosha. It was finished in 1988. Oh, yeah. It is now being, uh, after having been abandoned because communism bad after 89, um, it was now, it is now being transformed. And it is... It, this is a hard one, right? Because the building's excellent. They don't have any images of the original building. You can clearly see what's original and what isn't. Like the uh, pyramid concrete structure is original. And then they basically fill the whole thing with random... Like Kleenex boxes? Kleenex boxes all over the place. So, So just to describe it... Yes. It's kind of a conical 
a low con- truncated cone shape made of like made of made out of staircases radiating from the center yes uh with sections between yeah sections between with staircases them. sections that are empty that yeah. penetrate inside that the interior is this kind of like um monumental like the interior has staircases going down and yep. it creates a kind of a monumental uh auditorium space, auditorium kind of space. yeah underneath the pyramid right and they filled it with Kleenex boxes. Yes, it has it. It it, it it's a kind of boule style interior. The original. Yes. Yeah. Now filled with Kleenex boxes. Now filled with Kleenex boxes. And VRDV staying true to their always shit stuff. <laughs> yep. Completely fucking over. I'm. I'm just. I can't. I can't believe that they haven't. At least showed a before and an after. Like, they just don't want anyone to know that it was so much nicer before. This is what they do nowadays. Like, this is what they do in fucking Porto at the smaller scale when you have a modernist, uh, like, market. Yeah. Old-timey, like, modernist market where, like, the local people's proletariat, fishmongers, etc. are, like, selling their stuff. And then they gentrify it for tourists, for the Brits and the Germans. What do they do? They take away half of the uh, original people. They reduce the number of... uh, Stall, market stalls, stalls to yeah. have and they fill it with clean xboxes yeah which are like hipster stores and restaurants yeah yeah and they it completely destroys the readability of the interior space as like a grand uh like vaulted yeah. yeah space this happened several times in basically every modernist wonderful beautiful uh market building in porto it's the same thing except it's a communist monument <laughs> It's kind of a polemical. This is it's it's kind of like a polemical formal neoliberalism, mm. isn't it? Yeah, it's like like it feels out of date in that regard. This is like more earlier two thousands. I mean, this is MVRDV, so that's yes. that's their uh, yes, that's their shit. It's like you're not allowed to have a big thing. Everything, We're filling every, yeah. all all the big things. A big public space must be filled up. With, with little private trash. Yeah. Well, bad. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to this <laughs> in 2023. Pyramid good. Pyramid good. MVRD. Clean Xboxes bad. bad. Yes. Number two. All right. Subcenter library in uh, China, in Beijing. Okay. By Snuheta. 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 It's okay. Swedish, I assume. It's okay to be Danish, to to be racist against Vikings, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. This is a uh, huge ass library in Beijing, mm-hmm. in a park, and it's basically a big square, very tall. With like, um, it's a very tall, ceil- flat ceiling made of uh, gigantic like lily pads. Yeah. Right. It's like um, the columns. It's a, it's it's just a colonnaded uh, open space, <clears throat> but the columns are irregularly disposed as if to pretend they're trees. It's like on, on the one hand, I don't like it because it's like it's the death of the metaphor, like the. Uh, yeah. The, it's a duck 
call in a, in yes, a bad way. Exactly, exactly. Use venture is uh... like a, a, a colonated uh, open space is already an architectural metaphor for the forest. You don't need to make the columns irregularly placed so that it's more or like a forest. Right. Um, especially because when humans plant forests, they also plant the trees in regular spacing. <laughs> True. Um, yeah, and the, the ceiling is all made of like a leafy flat shapes. Yep. Uh, with some openings for the light to come in. And then the floor is has like hills and valleys of um, basically... Uh, it's like a stepped, in, a stepped interior of hills and valleys going right. up and down. Kind of like the Rolex Learning Center. Right. In, where, where was that again? I don't and know. the um, book... Bookcases and stuff are just like this, each each of these steps functions as a like a, a corridor with uh, where one side you have the um, bookstand and on the other side the top of the bookstand of the lower um, yeah of the lower step functions as like a table for for, mm. for you which is fine um, it's it's the boulet a library again like i mean what it library is functioned like that what it is is uh frank lloyd wright's johnson wax building that's exactly what it is yeah right yeah it's got the spaced out columns that slope out into circular yep kind of lily pads yep with gaps in between them yeah creating a big it's a more irregular colonnaded it's space. a postmodern it's a, version of it postmodern version yeah. yeah they are it's irregular and but it's essentially the same idea. And I, I'm fine with it. Yeah. It's a I big library. I'm, I'm surprised that there was no mention of the Johnson Wax building in the article. Just scanning through it, I don't see it. No, I'm no, 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 no. they no. missed a trick on like... No one, you know, you're not supposed to. I mean, they. I, I'm surprised no one was kind of concerned trolling on copycat architecture in, in uh, China. Because it's in China. No, because it's a... But it's a Western firm. It's a Western firm. It's a Viking firm. So it, that's fine. Yes. It's not a not cultural appropriation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with this. It's fine. I'm it's, okay uh, with I, it. I like I like the space. It looks cool. Uh, I I I have some issues with the death of the metaphor. Yeah. Too literal postmodern uh, thing, but um, it looks a little bit clunky inside. A little bit that's cluttered. Fine. But whatever. Yeah. That's all right. Three. Abrahamic Family House, UAE, <laughs> by what? British architect David Ajay. Abrahamic Family House. It's a collection of three temples, one Christian, one uh, Muslim, one Jewish, all uh, next to each other as in a kind of a multi-faith, tri-faith um, religious complex. The, Architecturalization of the Abraham Accords. <laughs> right? I guess so. It's the same metaphor. Or the same, like, religious common yeah, reference yeah. point. But this is in Abu Dhabi, so we already know this is going to be for, like... Yeah. Rich... Like, the, the, the rich capitalist 
Christian, Muslim, and Jewish rich capitalists already like hang out with each other and are fine. So they they yeah. there you go. That's the that's yeah. that's the churches for them. That's mm -hmm. their temple complex. Mm -hmm. The architecture is what kind of what you would expect. So it's um so these are basically three boxes. Yeah. In a park complex next to each other, with lots of courtyardy things going on in the middle. And. Uh, None of it is ugly. They're all. They all have like variations on on, on again the kind of colonnaded. Yes, alternative form of colonnaded colon colonnade making, and they have a kind of slightly annoying essentialist formal thing about each religion. I guess you look at right. the inside, and uh, yeah. Like, yeah. The mosque has some mosque uh, vo vaults, which actually kind of look Gaudian esque, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Then the uh, the synagogue has screens, and then the uh, church just looks like uh, the church looks like um, a video game from the. It looks like uh, like from something a fabrication from. <laughs> it looks like it. It's like from like some environment from Halo. Hmm. Yeah. True. True. Then there's a gift shop with a big like. Uh, <laughs> I can't tell if that's a gift shop or a museum, but it's just like a gift shop with Jesus nailed to the wall with a with a little Jesus and a little, whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Uh. Eh. Next. Good or bad? It's more like, like irrelevant, right? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with the architecture. No. Okay, next. What is this? Is this four, right? Bezalel Academy of Arts and Design in Jerusalem by Sana. Okay. New Speaking of the Rolex Learning Center. Yes. Is that Sana? Has presented designs for a new campus for Israel's leading design school within Jerusalem's historic Russian compound. So this is a project. Uh, first, it's a design school. Second of all, it's, um, it's this kind of series of slabs that create lots of like irregularly irregularly disposed on top of each other that create lots of like terrace spaces and stuff yeah very horizontal it's a bit like Corp's Venice uh, hospital right a bit like uh, Lacaton Vassal's architecture yes. school it's just flat slabs and uh, glass walls and um, seems alright as far as I'm concerned the big slabs are obviously good for shading so the um, the glass walls are not a problem mm -hmm. um, the lots of terraces all over the place uh, coming out of the irregular disposition of the slabs seems fine and interesting kind of interesting use of the space mm -hmm. uh, to create lots of exterior space all over what yep. is effectively a building without a campus, right? Hmm. Um, it seems all right. Yeah, I, I guess my only issue with it is that it, like, I mean, it's it's kind of a, a better version of the Kleenex box effect. 
Like there's this aesthetic value of kind of randomized. Yes. Agglomeration of stuff stacked. Yeah, but here it has a functional purpose, which is to create all of that terracy, terrace spaces flowing into each other. With shading and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. It's a much better version of this kind of formal aesthetic. Yeah. And it's also not obviously like you the, it doesn't happen as a like a way of filling up volume yeah in he, it, it's actually when you look at the whole thing like the f- cover picture in the zine you see that like the building is not like trying to be big it's actually fairly right right fairly like modest right it's not trying to show itself off um which these um random things tend to be about like creating a striking as loud as possible yes yeah yeah it's not super dutch it's closer to like um i don't know 60s dutch uh, mm. kind of complex layering of terraces yeah. and things so i'm kind of all right with this yeah okay you convinced me it's definitely like looks like real architecture and yeah. not like childish <laughs> bullshit like yeah. the mbrd pro- <laughs> yes, yes. project Okay, five. Paddington Square, London. Oh. Renzo Piano. This okay, is something so this is I can fun, actually Yes. So this is a so this is a fun see. story. This is a, in on top of Paddington Station. Well, I'm never gonna be in West London like that. So no. I'll never see this. We'll never see this. <laughs> um it's an office tower. Mm-hmm. So you know it's a, like a, a gentrification thing, but I don't like Paddington. My impression of Paddington is, I mean, there's obviously a big train station there. Yeah. With a bear in a raincoat. Yeah. Hanging out. Those are the two main things I know about Paddington. Mm-hmm. But the area around Paddington is all this kind of uh, white Georgian yeah. architecture. Yeah. And from what I can tell, every single town house mm-hmm. is a hotel. Right. In like the entire area. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, usually when you put the, this whole like, kind of a dead we were talking about another example of this just yesterday, mm-hmm. looking at um, a project for uh, an office block that is going to function, which is David Ajay's uh, uh, office block in Brixton. Brixton, yeah, which is obviously like a, an aggressive gentrification project. It's like you describe this as like a stake through the heart of the working yeah, class yeah. community. Yeah. Uh, it's like, it's not the flats of the rich people. It's the office block that's going to attract the flats of the rich people. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, in Paddington, I'm not sure it's going to have the same effect because I'm not sure the pre existing It's like the scene at the beginning of Avatar 2 where the, the ships are landing from space. Yes. And their jet plumes are just like burning <laughs> everything down. <laughs> <laughs> All the animals are like killed in giant their lives, trees, being yeah. incinerated. Yes, this is not the same planet, though, so I'm not sure it functions in the same way. But I'm always suspicious of a kind of a, a glass tower creating a new centrality, a new like office space right. centrality. It's um, clearly connected to the new tube line, right? Yeah, the Elizabeth of course. line, which, which also through. tends to function as a gentrification uh, engine. It's, it's like it's a dramatic thing about neoliberal capitalism, right? Well, obviously, more mass transit is good. Yeah. But because of the political economic system you have, when I get a tube line in where I live, my rent prices are going to go up and I'm fucked. Like, yeah. there's, as I usually say, 
there's every silver lining as a massive giant storm cloud right in front of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It goes back. It goes back to that Lower Manhattan extension, right? It's like the very logic yes. that allows you to do it is what makes it impossible for it to be good. For it to be good, yes. Even if it's theoretically good in abstract terms, there's there's no such thing as yeah. abstract as no. abstraction. Anyway, um, it looks. I mean, it looks just like one of the shard buildings. The it's, thing is, this has like a story. Exactly Originally, the there was an original project of a of a large, tall cylindrical tower okay. with the exact same facade treatment if you go down hmm. in the story it shows it to you okay you need to open the the the, the link and and then it was too tall and and contextual and whatever all this kind of irrelevant arguments against it and uh, then they made it uh like cubicle shaped so it uses more land space i guess it has a larger impact uh, like larger footprint larger footprint but it's it's shorter i'm guessing they are trying to achieve the same right. volume and it's a bit yeah and it's supposed to be like um one of the ethereal glassy thing and i don't like it one of the renders here is kind of trying to sell it as like a sort of a pompidou center yes 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 like a big flat technical facade with a public square in front yeah and then like diagonal escalators yeah. ornamenting the yeah 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 entranceway and front yeah it's really just like this these are the buildings that are around the shard right with the same kind of yeah uh, this, is, this is just showing itself like you you have that kind of render effect of you see it's like this like glass plane is the facade it's like detached from the actual building and so yeah. you have like it doesn't meet in the corners it's like four separate yes. glass planes and everything is like it's not really kind of trying to dilute yeah. the volume that the fact that this is just a, a fucking giant box right and it's pretending that it's going to be transparent you see from one way to the other. So every render shows you the interior of the, well, as if you're like seeing the sky on the other side of the building. Yeah, that's through right. Through the building, which is like a big fat office block. Yeah. Right? And this is like obviously total bullshit because you know these buildings have an incredible, like the mirror effect of the glass does not produce any transparency whatsoever. And, and it, you're in always going to be seeing it from a lower clear, angle anyway. Yes. And you, you see what you see is like a big ass, like the, the volume that it is, is what you are going to see Yeah. as if it was made of concrete. It doesn't make any difference. This whole like glass detached glass sheet facade thing. This is, I hate like it. Is, is Nouvelle's cart, um, I hate it. Cartier foundation. Is that the original? Uh, maybe project like this, but that one's small and okay. But it has the facade is like extends yeah, 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 wide yeah, 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 beyond the sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, hate this. This is a safe and easy bag. Separated, dissolving the volume glass thing. But it's also in Paddington, a place where, as far as I know, yeah, like who cares? No one lives. Maybe we're being unfair, and there's actually a working class community in Paddington. There probably that's are. Gonna be, there probably are. That's going to be fucked over by this, but we just don't know about it. Yeah. Because London is too big yeah. for us to know everything. And we like to generalize about how <laughs> posh and trash West London is. Yes. <laughs> Bad. Next one. Next one. Gilder Center, USA. 
New York, extension to the American Museum of Natural History. Bad. We don't need another La Pedrera. <laughs> it's, it's literally just a La Pedrera Gaudi. Mm. It looks exactly like it. It's the wavy, uh, irregular... Sort of honeycomb. Yeah, it, this is like the Zaha uh, architecture formalism, like fully regressing back into the original one, which was Gaudi. Mm. It's just, this is literally, it's, it's almost uncanny how much La Pedrera this is. I have a niche Canadian reference point for this. Okay. Which is the formerly the Museum of Civilization, now the Museum of Canadian History, mm-hmm. by Douglas Cardinal, I think, which has sort of a similar curved shape, tiered, tiered kind of like levels. Uh, that building is kind of per- personal to me. Okay, um, it's in uh, Gatineau uh, near Ottawa. Across the river from Ottawa, mm-hmm. uh, so that one I'm I'm extremely nostalgic for that building. So and it looks like I, this. I might be I, I might be biased. It looks like this. this. Yeah, it's it also looks, a lapidera. It, it's a better version, I think, than this. Okay, but I, I may just not be. I like lapidera a lot. <laughs> right, lapidera right. is amazing. It was also incredibly uh, progressive, even though it was rich people uh, apartments. It mm. was uh, a con- fully concrete uh, structure. Um, with um, essentially a um, domino house uh, pillar and um, and slab structure before. This, it's, it's like a prototype of concrete and slab uh, right. construction right. for mass production. Right. It is exercised in a, in a rich people home with all of these uh, Gaudi-esque effects uh, on the outside, but even those are like made of uh, poured concrete. Mm. It's like, it's it's an it's an early version of concrete modernist aesthetics, although with the with Gaudi's expressionism on it, right? So I like La Pedrera because of like the whole thing and what it is historically, and I also think it's pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like this because it's a shit copy uh, that <laughs> has no, none of the progressive elements of La Pedrera. Right. Right. It's a museum of natural history exp- extension. Fine, but eh. eh. Well, I'm just happy I could shout out Douglas mm-hmm. Cardinal's museum in uh, in Gatineau. <laughs> so I just showed Rick the building, uh, the Canadian Museum of History that I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, you you treated it unfairly. You were like <laughs> comparing it. To, uh, it's it's. I it's, would never. <laughs> it's a nice brutalism. Yeah, it's a nice brutalism. Some building. wavy stuff going on, but it's like yeah. it's just a really nice brutalism. Yeah. Is the entrance the entranceway has these curved openings in the stepped, mm-hmm. uh, like curved in uh, elevation, right? Which kind of I guess is it's an iconic right. entrance to the museum, right? This building, yeah. And you said it's fun, very fond memories of my childhood. It's by a First Nations architect, First Nations Canadian architect, right. Douglas Carr. It's important. Yeah, it's 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 a nice building to have uh, warm childhood memories from. Yeah. I, they renamed it. It used to be called the Museum of Civilization. They renamed it the Canadian Museum of History. Okay. As a Marxist, I'm fine with that. I mean, right. emphasizing history. Yes. But it has a weird. It was a. It was a Canadian Tory government that did it. Okay. And it had some kind of weird underlying sort of reactionary character somehow. I don't remember exactly mm. 
Well, I don't know if I'm misreading. My f- immediate first thought would have been that it, it's actually kind of a like woke uh, name change because yeah. civilization, like the Museum of Civilization, would be like a museum of like colonial history, presenting right. like colonialism Civil- as civilizing. civilizing. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it, then it changed to a more neutral and scholarly Canadian history. Yeah. To me, it it seemed to just be emphasizing, no, we're actually going to be focusing on Canadian history as like institution, the institutional history of Canada. Okay. Or even, it even suggested me to me a focus on like Western history. Right. As opposed to like right. human civilization in general. Right. Um, anyway. Which I guess goes to show you that uh, brand naming, uh, changing things, uh, uh, like this don't intrinsically mean anything and That's don't right. make anything better by themselves. That's right. Language doesn't rule the world. That's <laughs> it right. It represents the world. Change, change language must change the world first, not the other way around. Next, after this wholesome <laughs> materialist message. <laughs> oh, no. It was only a matter of time. Oh no! Wait, this isn't even this isn't even big. Tyrannomon Azabudai, whatever oh, that is. Oh, this is, is Heatherwick, the the other big. In Japan, by Heatherwick, yes. In Japan, where in Japan? It's Tokyo. Be in Tokyo, yeah, it's yeah. in Tokyo. And apparently, it's in the middle of lots of terrible glass skyscrapers. Hmm. As some kind of like yeah, Heatherwick says, I wanted to make a more humanisticy <laughs> thing in the middle of all these big tall skyscrapers. And so for for a servant for a dedicated servant of evil, Heatherwick yes. always has the most kind of naive bullshit yes. uh, lines. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's almost endearing. <laughs> yeah. So this is just an uh, it, it's also a glass building, but it's not very tall. It's like what? I mean, it's like 10 stories high, so it's fairly tall. It's sort of disguising a, its scale with this uh Yeah, but then the structure structural Yeah, thing. the 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 it, it's like uh, it has a vertical structure and a horizontal big slab at the top, and the slab at the top waves down all the way to the ground on on certain yeah. spots, making a kind of like a grid of uh, like a melted beams grid. that become columns. Yeah, it's a melting effect. Yeah, and uh, that generates some like squares, square planned uh, sections where floor and facade meld together mm-hmm. and that becomes like pediums with trees right so it's when it becomes one of those like organically shaped um with like uh legumes on top uh yeah kind of architecture a few different rhino transformations later right you've got this shape yes exactly and I don't like it, but it's probably relatively okay as far as use is concerned. Yeah. But I don't like it. <laughs> no. It's it's I, I have the same thing I was with the fake laboratory. It's probably fine as far as use and like the, nothing is offensive when you're actually there. It's all everything is fine, but Yeah. But I don't like it. <laughs> anyway. Next one. Next one. Factory International. I love this one. Wow, a factory. UK by <laughs> OMA. It's somehow, a, I, somehow, I don't think this is an actual factory. It's a theatre and art centre by ah, OMA. Yes. In Manchester, 
It's incredible how the UK's economy could just go from like being productive with factories to just like having a thing called the fa a factory, the yeah. factory. But also, isn't there already a the factory, which is actually an art place? Which is the I feel like that that kind of post-industrial gesture is just universal. No, no, no. But, but isn't isn't wasn't the the factory is the place? Oh, Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol's Andy Warhol. place. Yeah, yeah Andy Warhol. So now they're yeah. just doing at the factory in Manchester, which is also an right. arts place. And then when you look at the project, the project is like this. It's a big, uh, like, rectangle, like, parallelepiped shape. Okay. Um, which is, like, two big walls and a ceiling, uh, like, making a staple shape. And then it's like a, you, the big ends you penetrate through. And then it's sort of mm. like a tent kind of shape on one side and uh, something coming out on the other. And, um, and then you look at the images and number one, this is extremely uh, the uh, play, what's it called? The, um, what's, what's the name of the 60s AA guy? Oh, yeah, it's Fun Palace. The Fun Palace? Cedric Price. This is Cedric Price's Fun Palace, right? Yeah, absolutely. This, that's, look, look at the interior, and it's got these, like, things going about in, like, sort of industrially things that appear to be, uh, like, movable, and you can change the interior, it's flexible, yeah. use, blah, blah, blah. It can be theater now, whatever later. Yeah. Um, and then one of the images has... The fucking blimp. I was gonna say the fucking blimp. It's not the fucking instant city blimp. The instant city <laughs> blimp by Archigram. So it's like Archigram plus Cedric Price. Cedric Price. It's it's the two evil sixties pretend uh, progressive liberal gentrification inventors. Yeah. Of this AA sixties condensed into one fucking cool has building. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah. fucking hate everything about this, and I want it to burn. This has no redeemable qualities whatsoever. Just gonna like gonna launch a gentrification zeppelin to uh, rain down. Yeah, it's a gentrification zeppelin inside the fun palace. Yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Call the factory. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of uh, dead metaphors, death. <laughs> it's also just it's kind of like the shed. Which is what Dillerin's Cafidio in New York. Mm -hmm. They've got this uh, like yeah. big movable, adaptable right. structure thing. Yeah, it's a they, it's a fun palace type. It's another fun shit. palace type. Yeah. yeah, it's a yeah. Like this is everything that's evil about the '60s liberal turn in architecture mm. of like alternatives to the orthodoxy of building public housing. Yeah, uh, through like culture, which the political economy of which is just gentrification. Yeah, exactly. And, but with all of these like fake liberal discourses around it that are completely incredibly obnoxious and still dominate in the contemporary mm -hmm. uh, architectural education scene. Mm -hmm. And uh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Burn it down. Death to OMA. Uh, a pox on your <laughs> like family. Bad. Bad. <laughs> Next. Speaking of bad. Speaking of bad, Zahadid Architect Civic Art Center, so bad, but in Zhuhai, Jinhuan, 
In China. In China. Okay. In Zhuhai. Um, it doesn't look like a Zaha. It looks like a Calatrava. True. Looks a bit like a Zaha. Like, look at the inside. It's extremely Calatrava. Like the whole the thing is the the ceiling structure, right? Yeah. And it's more like it's very Calatrava. Slender members elements. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like this. No, I don't it's like kind it. It's kind of um airport. Yes. Yeah, it's a, like um a series of sort of girded triangular but in concrete. Yeah. It's 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 the Calatrava thing, like trying to make reproduce in a concrete structure the effect of old-timey iron. I thought uh, Calatrava is usually steel structure. Uh, is it? It may be. Regardless, this the is the point is that it's all concrete. white in Calatrava, and the um, and the uh, and the uh, uh, the purpose is to re rebuild, reconstruct that uh, textured feeling. Of the big okay. iron iron age iron architecture vaults of train stations and stuff. Right. It has a bit of a like Art Nouveau organic. Yes. Yeah. Ironwork thing. Yeah. 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 And the, the, there's a lot of that in here, and it's it's shaped like a sort of flower. It's like yeah. a four petals in the middle of a lake. I was gonna say like a dragonfly or something. Yeah, that's that too. Plant. That too. It's interesting that it has axial symmetry. This is true. I don't think of Zaha projects as having. Yeah. That might be uh, a local context gesture. Ah, it might be uh, like an Orientalism. Well, it may just be like a no, no, no weird architecture. Like, please make it nice and symmetrical mm. so that people like it. Can it can also just be an Orientalism of like, it's in China and we're going to shape it in the shape of a like nature thing that they like or whatever. I'm trying to give it a... <laughs> See, see the positive the side positive here. here. <laughs> I mean, the positive side is that it's a cultural center in the middle of a, a Chinese city that may or may not be good or may or may not. We don't know the dynamics. Yeah. I can definitely say that one of the interior shot rendering shots is bad. We just got this heaped up curvy. I don't know if it's concrete or what. It just looks like a, a heap of soft serve ice cream inside yes that that's a zaha that needs to be wiped up with some uh, kleenex i don't know why do they why do they have to fill they create these nice big lofty interiors and then just fill them with irregular heaps of stuff yeah that's a boring formal gesture next one national library of israel by herzog and de moron okay Seems like the only places with new architecture are like Manhattan, China, and Israel. And Saudi Arabia. <laughs> and Saudi Arabia. All just heaped up into one project, yeah. Yeah, so this is a... Um, this is basically the uh, low building of the UN headquarters. Right. It's the kind of inver reverse arch... Um, shape of the ceiling as like um yeah and uh like the building in plan is a sort of trapeze it oh it, oh, it's it's like a rectangle but it's wider on one end than the other mm -hmm. 
Looks like a kind of like a block of cheese that someone's been shaving slices I mean, if, off if the top. For our Portuguese audience, it's a bacalao shape. It is uh, right with the open codfish as we dry it, right. and salt it. Um, it. It's how we call these shapes. It's the official Portuguese name for this shape. <laughs> and um, and yeah, and then the ceiling does the like reverse um, arch thing, and it has the. Um, Sloping upwards towards the perimeter. Yes. Towards the ends. Like the um, low building of the UN. Because, but in the UN, that's because that's the um, like assembly right. area. Here, it's just a shape for a museum. And then it has that like textured concrete with, little, um, with lots of little... Um, uh, windows uh, going like uh, Corb's um, chapel. What is what's chapel with Ronchamp? Uh, it, it has like a million Ronchamp little windows all around the mm -hmm. the the um, on the exterior wall. The box, the concrete box that is ho hovering on top of a glass uh, ground floor. Hmm. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. It's okay. You can see that from, from the outside above, there's like a big hole in the ceiling. It's like a, a, a circular shaped hole in the ceiling. And yeah. uh, then one of the pictures shows that uh, it's uh, like a big cylindrical, like... That's the main library. Main library space. And that's public like Public space. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty nice. Um, I think this kind of architecture... It seems like there's a trend towards this kind of late modernist shape, curvy shapiness. Yeah. Like all the there's a lot of projects that have a bit of a Niemeyer vibe or a bit of a Sometimes it's the the, sh the shapiness vibe. is is just uh, some kind of like irregular stuff that is inelegant. Yeah. And that is kind of comes off as a value. Right. Uh with exactly this type of concrete facade treatment. Uh, like textured concrete. Um, sometimes this, this is an elegant version of that. Uh, that architecture kind of irritates me a bit, but this is, this is a fairly elegant version of it. I'm all right with it. It's certainly better than the kind of big, just the like trying to make buildings look as literally like they were done in Rhino. Right. In five minutes, done up in Rhino in five minutes as possible. Right, right. Yeah. Also, one of the tops of this is also an auditorium. It's a theater. Okay, so that slope so that's, actually that's has actually some functional. Has some, yeah. yeah, that's nice. that's cool. It's fine. It's good. I'm I'm alright. Yeah, we we you 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 may notice, um, listeners, that we have a certain like modernist like. Uh, uh, li we like when the shape corresponds to the function thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I haven't seen any uh, over-the-top kind of neo-tendenza projects here. That's true. None, none, none of the like Italian postmodernism thing. Yeah. Here. Nope, there isn't, and there's only two more, and none of them are that. Interesting. Okay, the next one is. Biggs the Spiral. It's a skyscraper in New York. 
340-meter-high, super-tall skyscraper in New York called The Spiral, which is set to become the headquarters of coronavirus vaccine maker Pfizer. Wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) So The Spiral is like a big pharma... Yeah, ziggurat. Ziggurat, (laughs) yes. With also like um, this cabbages. This one actually does have an Italian kind of thing. Cabbages going around uh, in a spir- in a ziggurati spiral. It's 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 literally the um, the Tower, Tower of, Babel, of Babel, but with cabbages and it's instead of a ramp, it's yeah. um, step terraces. Step terraces uh, with yeah, with cabbages on them. It looks kind of like something out of a Massimo Scolari painting, <laughs> rendered in like but just turned into Manhattan corporate architecture. Right. Yeah, otherwise it's a 100% banal um, yeah. glass skyscraper. I don't hate the notion of a spiral, uh, of the spiral structure in an office tower having, like producing, if you go down, you see a picture of the terraces. And it, what it cr- does is create a kind of a, 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 no, a, a kind of like, public space or collective space that goes in a spiral around and all the terraces flow into each other through right, stairways. Right, right. And it functions as a kind of every floor has um, a, a balcony with some greenery in it. Mm-hmm. And th- this is very evocative of the first good, of the good part of the early stage of Norman Foster's uh, designs for yeah, towers. Yeah, I was going to say. This it's kind of the spiral. Yeah. The spiral green uh, uh, resting uh, chill out space in every floor thing connecting to each other, yeah. like the one in Frankfurt or the one in London at a smaller scale. Um, I I I think that's I like I like that. It's a, it has this kind of Corbusian thing still going on hmm. of the uh, injecting the green space in in vertical architecture. But the pro- the specific project is just bad. It definitely has a. Uh, this one does have a postmodern vibe to me, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the sta- it's the Tower of Babel. Kind of like yeah, and the stepped terrace as a like a yeah kind of typological typological reference. Yeah, it's kind of an Emilio Ambash vibe to me mm. somehow. Yeah, well, I it's not as bad as most big fan. projects, but uh, it may not be quite good. <laughs> and then the final one is honestly kind of irrelevant. Uh, it's a Maggie Center by Lipskin in London's Hampstead. Do you know what Maggie Center is? Yeah, it's some kind of uh, hospital thing. Maggie's uh, care center for cancer patients. Right. And it's all a, the it's buildings... Part, it's, it's part of the thing of like, it's like hospitals are bad places to recover in. Like, uh, we, we want to create, like, something more humane. But then it becomes a luxury product on the privatizing healthcare uh, yeah. trend. And it is named, uh, it's named Maggie's uh, Center because it, this, this is a foundation founded by late architect Charles Jenks. Right. Named after his wife. Okay. That's right. Um, and all the buildings are are very architectural. Right? Every building is an architecture. Yeah. And the point is that 
like architecture helps you recover like nice having nice spaces helps you recover right right with a kind of and you very often that's kind of i i accept that's true like you look at like it's a nice place to spend like a month recovering from cancer treatments right and that's fine like it's fine that people have that it's not fine that it's a luxury product and the whole thing functions as a yeah so it's it's kind of like a little pavilion it's a little pavilion it's by daniel lipskind so it's not very good um it's not it's not spiky it's not spiky it's a it has that kind of it looks like a basket it has like membra- yeah. it's membraney facade thing going around Wrapping in a around. basket shape, like creating kind opening of upwards, and um, and then it it just shows a picture of an interior that honestly kind of just looks like a hospital. It's very white and clean. The Maggie centers tend to be more like uh, organic and cozy, cozy than than the than this specific picture. Yeah, the picture with those awful bar stools. Yeah, does not is not selling. No, it. no. The Maggie Center. Danny Lipskind is one of the worst architects in the world, in my honest <laughs> opinion. Yeah. Um. So. Um. I mean, yeah. he usually he usually has like a conceptual argument for why his his architecture is bad. That it's representing the badness is like the badness of history. Yeah, trauma. Yeah, I mean, of that's history. that's specifically the uh, the Jewish museum. But 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 he makes he makes that museum that argument about other museums yeah, too. Sure, and the, and the, uh, probably about everything. Like, yeah, he it's a mimesis effect. My architecture is terrible because the world is terrible. I, yeah. I respect mimesis. <laughs> I'm actually a classicist. My architecture is classical. But in this context. It seems like you'd want to go the other way and actually make it comfortable and nice. I mean, it 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 it, it it's trying to look a bit like a wicker basket from the outside. I would. I and mean, wicker baskets are nice, I guess. So <laughs> I, I would say the outside is kind of nice, but the inside rendering shot it's looks, terrible. Looks yeah. terrible. Yeah, and there's only one. So I'm. But that's that's also often the case with Libskind. The interiors are just like garbage. Yeah. Yeah. It sort of reminds me of the interiors of the um, Royal Ontario Museum. To drop another Canadian reference in Toronto, I, I, I dropped two Portuguese references in this <laughs> conversation, so it's okay. Uh, which is a you know one of these big spiky, jagged, crystally shapes, mm-hmm. and then the interiors are just generic height spaces, mm-hmm. just with random walls at the wrong angles, right? And, but everything is white and looks like a completely kind of cheap. Right. Generic interior. Okay, that's the most exciting 12 projects for next year. Now you know what's going to happen. You don't need to pay attention to the news anymore. You're welcome. Start start learning about Wabi Sabi. All this is going to be crap. So uh, start <laughs> appreciating crapness for its own value. Know, value. Yes. <laughs> so especially surplus value. All right. All right. Yeah, so... That that's that that's the ep- New Year's episode. Um, we're gonna continue. Uh, we're gonna cover the Patreon questions in the next episode. Yes, which is gonna be very soon because that's gonna come out in the first Tuesday of February. Yeah, we're gonna be back to our normal schedule. Yes, the next episode we have a series of questions. Um, one from Lucci, who is our friend, and we're not gonna answer that because we are. Uh, 
we're, we're covering it in a different way. Um, and the series of questions by a new patron called Whiny Cat, who seems like a great person, very nice, uh, took the trouble of uh, answering our email saying, sorry, that January is late, going like, no worries, do it yeah. when we can. Yeah, yeah. Um, seems like a very nice person and already threw at us three very complicated interesting questions and uh, one of them we believe is going to be worth an, an entire episode about it so that's that's what we're that's what we're going to going to do next yes that's going to um, be february but that's it for for this time yes um please uh support the show uh by becoming a patron yeah and even if not please do push it on all your friends and uh, yeah. family <laughs> and shit we're <laughs> I mean, obviously, we, Blast I, we it like in your in your studio. We obviously we like patrons because money, but we have lost like a third of our listenership. Yeah, per, per, on a monthly basis, uh, basically during, since the summer, like over the past few months, and it's yeah, that's sad. And I want them back. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We got to fight the algorithm. Yeah, we're not a huge podcast. We yeah. should be way bigger. We shouldn't be coming, be be shrinking we should be growing mm -hmm. we're too good to be shrinking <laughs> <laughs> so yeah patreon.com slash street sweeper pod indeed uh tell your friends follow us and uh, retweet us on the twitters and the instagrams and uh that would no all one, help no very one uses much. facebook <laughs> yeah okay there we go see you very soon happy new year happy new years 